Microphone check. One, two, three. City, city, sibilance, sibilance. Levels check. Good. Sounds good. One, two, three. Rolling and. I think we need to definitely give ourselves permission to just have a little bit of breathing space because one of the things that our bodies and our minds cannot do when we're afraid, when we're responding to, to fear or threat, is be creative. You know, and, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on us to respond as a community, like create, create, create around this, document it, tell it. But we're so immersed in it at the moment. It's really visceral and it's going to take some time and we need to be gentle and allow ourselves to take that time to reconnect and to listen to how we're doing emotionally before we can start feeling creative again. It's, it's well known that creativity is stifled when we're, when we're feeling challenged like this. Hello and welcome to The Documentary Life. This is a show that sets out to inspire and inform you on how to best live and lead your own documentary life. I'm your host, Chris G. Parkhurst, and this is episode number 127, and it is brought to you by Barong Films, proud creators of Documentary Film, the Documentary Life podcast, and the monthly The Documentary Life workshops, your opportunity to join a group of doc filmmakers for two and a half hours and engage in a workshop led by yours truly. To see the full roster of this month's workshops, go to thedocumentarylife.com slash workshops. At the time of this recording, it is April, and unfortunately, this whole coronavirus thing was not one big April Fool's. Not at all. Many, if not most of us, have been quarantining, and I think also for most of us, it's already gotten a bit old. Problem is, there doesn't seem to be a definitive end to any of this. No one can really say when we're going back to work, getting together with friends and family basically trying to pick life back up and get moving forward again. These are some very challenging times, and we're all being affected in our own ways. And for many of us, our mental health has been taking a hit. Our moods may be swinging back and forth in pendulum fashion, or we may be finding it difficult even getting out of bed. And certainly some of us doc filmmakers who may have already had a predisposition to depression or depressive episodes prior to COVID-19 are even more adversely affected. I am certainly no exception to any of this. I have gone through multiple therapists, been on a couple of different antidepressants over the course of half of my life. I've gone through my own periods of depression, some more severe than others. In fact, most doc filmmakers that I know have had to deal with depression or periods of some not-so-great times of mental health, which, when you think about it, is not all that surprising. We tend to immerse ourselves completely in our film projects, often with very little resources, often struggling to find ways to make ends meet, support ourselves, support a family. We're often filming in stressful environments or with subjects who are going through difficult times in their own lives. Doc filmmakers in many shapes and forms experience anxiety, stress, and lengthy periods of uncertainty. Of course, I'm no qualified expert to speak about depression and anxiety, 
Later on in the show, we're going to speak with doc producer and psychotherapist Rebecca Day, and she'll obviously be able to go much deeper into the subject here than I. But I did want to speak to you as a fellow doc filmmaker who has had to find ways to help with times of less than ideal mental health. Years ago, after having finished six months filming in the country of Cambodia, where I was spending 12 to 15 hour days filming in a country that was devastated by years of civil war and a genocide where one out of every seven persons was missing a limb, I found myself back home and experiencing severe reverse culture shock. Just walking into a supermarket where a whole aisle was dedicated to breakfast cereals and coffee was something that I couldn't quite wrap my brain around. I was also dealing with the guilt that comes with being a citizen of a country that has bombed the hell out of another country where I'd spent so much time filming it. I didn't want to go outside all that much. I didn't want to see my friends. I communicated very little with my family. What I had seen and experienced the past six months had taken its toll on me, and I didn't really know where to go or if I could talk to anyone about what I'd seen. Something that did help me get through this, and can probably help a lot of you, is immersing yourself in your footage. In my case, I was fortunate enough to be hired to edit the film afterwards. So what this allowed me to do was actually spend months down in a dark basement, immersed with the country and the people that I'd been spending so much time with the prior six months. And from there, I could kind of pick and choose the times I wanted to take a step outside for a walk, have a call with a friend, grab a quick bite to eat always safe in the knowledge that I could return to the basement to Cambodia and Cambodians when things got weird for me out in America, if that makes any sense. Another thing that has helped me is a meditation practice, which is something that I do every day. I don't devote an hour or two every day, but meditation is something that I give myself the permission to do at least 10 to 20 minutes daily. While I promise that I won't sit here and preach the benefits and need for taking time away from life to sit back and have a few breaths, <laughs> maybe I'll save that for another episode someday, what I will tell you is that there is now undeniable empirical scientific data out there proving out the many benefits of a daily meditation practice. For me, meditating literally allows me to separate myself from the anxiety and stresses of things like finances family, health, our doc subjects' lives, the difficult environments that we often find ourselves filming in. In a practical sense, in terms of filmmaking, it also allows for a space for me to sort out certain aspects of my film project. Sometimes it's a storyline situation. Other times it's a certain location. I'll often meditate before I conduct an important interview. Again, the quiet and the breaths and the slowing of everything down, and we all know how much we doc filmmakers could use a bit of the slowing down, it allows me to clear the mind and do kind of a refocus. Something else that's really important, I think, and it's something that a number of you are already doing, is regularly reaching out to a colleague, a friend, or a community. The idea here is simply having someone that you can talk to about what you're going through. Someone who can lend an ear and or offer some encouragement and support. 
Of course, having a good friend who already knows you can be super helpful. But a colleague who maybe gets what your lifestyle is, what it means to be involved in a doc film, sometimes can be even more beneficial. I know that if I'd had someone to commiserate with when I'd come back from my first doc film experience, I would definitely have benefited. Like, really benefited. Of course, I had my friends and family, but conversations really could only go so far. They couldn't quite grasp much of what I'd experienced filming for six months in a post-conflict, post-genocide area of the world. They didn't really get some of the emotions that I was carrying around with me for a long time afterwards. And why should they? They'd never seen or experienced any of what I'd seen. They'd never worked in a post-conflict zone. They'd never spent time filming with and talking to people who had lost half of their family to a genocide. I also didn't really know many doc filmmakers at that point in my life. So I wasn't even having conversations about making doc films with people. Or at least not conversations that lasted any more than two minutes and didn't end with that all-too-familiar glazed look of someone who just really wasn't relating at all to what I was telling them. Which is why a support group or network can be so crucial for us doc filmmakers. Many of you are a part of our TDL community Facebook group. A number of you attended last week's TDL Town Hall. Some of you probably attended this past week's panel on mental health put on by New York Women in Film and Television and members of the D-Word. In the latter two cases, supportive discussions were had by doc filmmakers, doc filmmakers like you and I. The kinds of discussions of shared experiences and challenges that only doc filmmakers like you and I can really have or appreciate. Feeling like others understand the things that you're going through can be monumental. We've talked a zillion times about how it's often the nature of our projects and the way in which we work to be isolated. So making a concerted effort not to feel so isolated can be a really important thing that we can be doing for our own mental health. The D-Word's been doing it for 20 years. I have a lot of respect for what Doug Block and the rest of his crew do over there. Of course, we had Doug on our show last season. If you haven't listened to that one, it's great. Doug is great. Go and listen to it. But not until you've finished listening to this one. And certainly not until you've listened to another individual whom I have great respect for. Her name is Rebecca Day, and she is also one of us. She produces documentary films for a living. She is also a trained psychotherapist who specializes in doc filmmakers as clients. Talk about someone who understands what we all go through. My conversation with Rebecca is just around the corner here on The Documentary Life. You've probably noticed that we're playing around with some pretty cool fresh sounds on this season of TDL, and I'd like to thank Musicvine for supplying us with those cool fresh sounds. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about how Musicvine might be able to serve your doc project, head over to Musicvine and use DocLife15 to get an additional 15% off any of their music license subscriptions. Anyone who's done the solo doc filmmaking thing knows that it's not an endeavor that should be taken lightly. If you haven't done it yet, it will probably be one of, if not the most challenging things that you'll ever do in your life. But it can also be one of the most gratifying, life-altering journeys of your life as well. 
which is why I run this workshop called Going Solo with Your Documentary Filmmaking, where I can help you transform this deeply challenging journey into the kind of life-shifting experiences that it deserves to be. Join us on Wednesday, April 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, where you will participate in a live interactive environment with other solo doc filmmakers like yourself, led by yours truly, someone who knows a thing or two about the solo doc filmmaking thing. We'll delve into the world of making your documentary film with little to no crew. I'll discuss the advantages and disadvantages of going it solo. We'll go through an essential gear list and a night before the shoot checklist that I've put together to make your going solo a bit more streamlined and efficient so that you can concentrate on what matters most, making your best documentary film. In this workshop, I will transform your shooting, your interviewing, and your sound abilities. And I will help you better understand your funding options as a solo doc filmmaker. And I will help you become and stay more connected to a doc filmmaking community so that you can feel less isolated and alone in your solo doc filmmaking ventures. If going solo with your documentary filmmaking is something that you've been wanting to do or simply get much better at, you can register today by going to thedocumentarylife.com slash workshops. If you are a one-person crew or work in a very small crew, this is the doc filmmaking course that will seriously alter not only your approach in your doc filmmaking, but also the way in which people experience your doc films. Go and secure your spot today in the Going Solo With Your Documentary Filmmaking Workshop at thedocumentarylife.com slash workshops. Become your best solo doc filmmaker today at thedocumentarylife.com slash workshops. Rebecca Day is a qualified psychotherapist and freelance documentary producer. She founded Film in Mind in 2018 to address mental health in the film industry and has spoken at festivals such as IDFA, the Getting Real Documentary Conference, and Sheffield DocFest. She offers consultancies, workshops, and therapeutic support to filmmakers working in difficult situations and with vulnerable people. Rebecca Day, welcome to the Documentary Life podcast. This seems an incredibly appropriate time to have you joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. It does, doesn't it? It's, um, yeah, it's extremely timely. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for, for taking the time out to do this. One of the things that we do is we like to provide a little bit of, of context um, on where our, our guests have come from. What's interesting is you produce documentaries and you also are a therapist. And so I'd love to start, I'm assuming that the documentary production came first. If that's the case, tell us a bit about your experience and how you came to documentary production. And then from there, how and why you came to psychotherapy. Sure. Yeah, it did. I mean, I've been producing documentaries um, for over 10 years now, working mostly with the Scottish Documentary Institute. I'm right. based in the UK. Right. Um, you know, all, all sorts of, of subjects and um, working in impact as well. And, yeah. you know, so looking at sort of how we connect with audiences. Um, and I went freelance a few years ago, and it was really then that it hit home how hard it was to make a living as a documentary producer. Um, and I had been 
influenced very heavily by some of the projects I'd worked on, but also the experiences that I'd had and my peers around me had had in terms of just the struggles of of making documentaries. And I was really drawn to um, a counselling degree, a a counselling qualification. Mm. So, and at the time it was really, um, the plan was really just to to do that alongside my producing work to supplement um, my income. Yeah. And then as I got into my training, I just saw this incredible synergy between what, how documentary makers were working or, you know, what they were doing, how they were connecting with people. Um, uh, and it was very similar to the counselling world. I would drive for, um, for being in contact with others and for discovery and curiosity. And, um, but what, what I wasn't seeing in the documentary world was support and a way of a way of staying healthy and and safe. So I guess that's the short kind of answer to those to those two questions. Yeah, no, I love it, and, and and there's some common ground there with kind of how you came to the psychotherapy and why, and really in some ways what we've been doing with the podcast, which has been running for three and a half years now. I early, very very early days set out to kind of kind of uh, give voice to documentary filmmakers and provide a, a forum where we could exchange ideas and nurture and support one another in 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 what is often a pretty isolated uh, vocation if you will and and we'll get to that here shortly I want to read a quote that I recently read from you and and discuss this which is you you said training as a person-centered therapist was a life-changing journey for me. I learned to prioritize my own mental health so that I could offer the strength and support that my therapy clients needed. During my training, I was also struck by the duality of my work as a producer and as a therapist and started to explore how the risk factors and subsequent coping strategies I was learning as a therapist could be applied to filmmaking. Talk to us about the duality and how you were applying what you learned as a therapist to filmmaking. I guess one of the biggest things for me when I was training as a therapist was the personal work that I had to do in terms of figuring out who I was and just kind of what made me tick and what what triggered me in um, in terms of tricky relationships or challenging situations mm. and how I was coping with them and how I could better cope with them. So it was really learning like how I was in relation with other people. Mm. That was and that was really fascinating. And I ended up writing a lot of my my written work during my um, qualification was about my documentary work, uh. um, and it was about these realizations of of how you know how I could have worked differently on certain projects had I had this awareness, this self awareness before. Mm. Mm. Um, and and I realized that the way documentary makers were you know whether we're whether we're just in a straightforward interview situation with somebody or whether we're forming yeah. a very long relationship over a long period of time it was very similar to the sort of role that a counselor could play yeah. except that in the counseling world we do an incredible amount of work on setting boundaries and contracting with people <laughs> and um really you know, reflecting on the relationship. And we also have, it's kind of um, expected that we'll be in regular supervision so that we can sort of work through our own emotional stuff and keep ourselves and our clients safe. Mm. And I was just really, really aware of that lack of um, conversation in the documentary world. And yet we were still playing this incredible role of, of holding other people's 
emotional pain and vulnerabilities. Well, that's just it, too, is is often as doc filmmakers, inherently, we form relationships with our subjects. And it's often through the course of time that we develop uh, pretty strong relationships and, and often quite open and honest relationships in a way that it does almost at times, I would argue for some some subjects, it's almost as if we are providing some sort of um, mental support or therapy work ourselves, whether it's in our interview settings or simply working with our subjects. And I bet that's a, I know that that's a difficult sort of balance to have because on one hand, you're separating the fact that you're a doc filmmaker. And on the other hand, because you have developed a relationship with your subjects, you want to help them. You want to support them. Where is some, how do we find sort of the, the lines get blurry there, right? So, so how do we suss that out? Yeah, no, I think it's a really good question and it's an ongoing debate and it, you know, I think we, we tend to touch on this in the documentary world when we talk about ethics, but it is definitely about relationships and, and it's about the expectations that we create, you know, when we're forming those relationships and then as the project progresses, because the parameters of that, of these relationships with our contributors change all the time. You know, when you're, when you're developing a project, when you're deep in production, when you when you disappear from that person's life to edit the film and then when you come back to distribute it you know and you kind of want them on board with you for that so it's about how we communicate um the process to them i think a lot of the time and there's a real fear um from filmmakers and probably especially from emerging filmmakers of of um not wanting not wanting to lose the lose the relationship yeah therefore we we're um we don't have these conversations, which we feel could be really difficult because you're kind of afraid of scaring the contributor away, mm. especially if they're vulnerable. Um, and that can often be then where the where the problems can arise because, you know, it's it's um, it's really challenging being part of a documentary and it's a really it's a really intimate experience and you kind of need to talk about that with your contributor as you go along. And just check in with each other constantly to, to make sure that you're both on the same page. So, do you have some? Do you have some numbers that you can share with us of in the doc community of those who are experiencing mental distress or even depression? Do you have some percentages? Like, I'm I'm very curious what you have found the last few years in terms of how many of us are affected by it. And I'm guessing all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the answer is definitely all of us. Yeah, um, yeah. We don't have numbers yet yeah. specifically for the documentary community. I wanted to do that research. And um, and then in the UK, I was sort of speaking to various funders about it. And then yeah. in the UK, the film and TV charity launched an enormous piece of research into the film and TV sector as a whole. Mm. Um so not specifically, not specifically documentary, documentary but you know yeah. every every single part of it, um, and that was released a couple of weeks ago. But in, and yeah. the findings were really alarming, um, yeah. you know, in terms of in terms of our poor mental health. But it's, it wasn't specific to documentary, and I do believe there's something really unique about um, the role of the of the feature documentary maker. You know, especially yeah. when we're 
working on projects for 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 three or four five years at a time and so this conversation we're having about the relationship between the filmmaker and the contributor is very unique to to documentary making it is it is and if there's an you know any way that i can help sign me up let me know <laughs> because <laughs> this conversation it's, is so, it's so definitely important something that we want to get off the ra- off the ground and yeah. i I'm, I'm speaking to various organizations about that it's just um yeah yeah it's just how and when we launch that um yeah what that will look like but hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get onto that soon the past few years has has seen an uptake in this conversation around sustainability for doc filmmakers the problem that i have with that is it's often in the financial sense right Mm -hmm. but how can we make it more sustainable emotionally and why and and yeah i guess I i i would just ask that how can we make it more sustainable emotion in the emotional sense yeah so i mean i mean finances inevitably play a part play a part in that because it's really hard for filmmakers to put in all the things that they need to keep themselves emotionally safe if they don't have any money because it's not something at the moment that the industry um provides so um you know my my advice would be figure out the thing that thing that works for you to help you um connect with yourself Mm. to process stuff um, and do that, but often those things cost money. If you know, if it's um, if it's a, a yoga class that you need to go to weekly, or it's a counselor that you need to see on a weekly basis, that can that can kind of become quite um, quite pricey. And, and I guess for me, I I really see the value in in supervision. So yeah. you know, I, I think it would be incredible if filmmakers had that, whether it was peer to peer or with somebody who's trained. And so I I offer that for filmmakers as well. It's kind of like a you know, a fortnightly or a monthly check-in where they can bring their um, film issues, whatever they may be, and just talk them through and figure out why they're stuck somewhere mm. or why a relationship is proving to be particularly difficult, mm. whether that's a, uh, you know, producer-director relationship or a contributor relationship. It's, you know, it's um, it's anything really to just kind of work through that stuff. But when the, pro- the real problem with keeping ourselves emotionally safe is that we're not having the conversation enough. So even when you're training as a documentary maker, we're not really talking about the responsibility of, of um, immersing yourself in someone's life in that way and, and how we can do that in a safe way and a a way that's safe, not just for the, for the contributor, but also for the filmmaker. So I hear time and time again, filmmakers going, but they're in a much worse position than me. So it doesn't really matter that I'm exhausted mm, and burnt out and I've remortgaged <laughs> yeah. my house to make this film because because they're suffering so much. So right. I just have to get the film made. Right, right. Talk about what part isolation plays because we as doc filmmakers, I think by nature and by our work, tend to be pretty isolated. So talk about battling these feelings of isolation. Yeah, I mean, do you mean, do you, and by that, do you mean physical isolation as well as a sort of social isolation as we're making these films because they can often be a sort of one man band, one woman band. Exactly. Exactly. The latter. Yeah. It's, it is about forming. I think we do have a really strong community, this documentary community. I've, I've really seen that, especially as these conversations have grown over the last couple of years of, you know, how easily people want, want to and can connect with each other when we provide the space. And there are a lot of like local support, 
sort of um, peer-to-peer support groups with with documentary filmmakers, but for some they can be really hard to find. And I guess it really depends on where you where you live. But in terms of you know being immersed in your own subject matter and nobody else really understanding what that means, and it can be a real it, you you can feel like a real burden um, if you need to sit and dissect that on a regular basis with somebody and it need it needs to be the right person so again finding you know finding that that listening ear that can support you as you process and work through all of the stuff that you're filming um that's a real challenge as well and i think you know a sense of isolation can come from that because you end up holding it all by yourself um so you might not be physically isolated you know you might be living in in london or new york or la or wherever but you're feeling very isolated in in um, in all of the responsibility that you're holding. So years ago, when I first started working in the industry, and I work both commercially and in documentary, back in 2004 was my first venture into documentary filmmaking, and I found myself filming uh, for six months in Cambodia, which has since become a, a place that's near and dear to my heart and central to a lot of the work that I do. But at that time, it was the first time I'd ever spent that amount of concerted time filming in an environment that was clearly a very post-conflict environment. So decades of civil conflict, the genocide that happened in the 70s. At that time in 2004, Cambodia was the highest per capita amputee rate in the world. One out of every seven people that we were seeing was missing a limb. And these were six-day work weeks, often 12 to 14-hour days, and dealing with a lot of pain and trauma. And um, And I remember sharing emails with with a colleague and she was kind of experiencing this journey with me from afar in in many ways and one of the things that she asked me and and I'll never forget it it was the simplest thing and she said I want you every day that you work I want you to observe one thing and it can be more than one thing but at least one thing one beautiful thing or something that you can find beauty amidst all of this and write that down and think about that through the course of the day and Something as simple as that, uh, it stayed with me. And in some ways, it helped me on, a, on, on this minuscule level. It helped me each day try to see something, you know, beautiful amidst, you know, a lot of this, these horrifying uh, experiences that that we were putting on film. And I'm sure you've heard these type of experiences a number of times. And so I'm hoping you can offer some ways in which we can create a healthier, safer environment when we're working in conflict zones or disaster areas or experiencing human trauma and pain. Absolutely. And I think that's a lovely experience that you were given. It's like she gave you permission to have an anchor a daily anchor that kind of kept you grounded mm. and and just able to sort of hold your head above the water if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um and we all need that. You know, we need that reminder that that there is beauty. There is beauty amongst it all and yeah. when you're when you're so immersed in something that difficult, it can be really hard to find those moments and and often for filmmakers, you know, you you bury yourself in it and then you come out of it and you dive into the edit um, <laughs> and then you hand over the film and then you have to go straight onto the next project and yeah. there's no process time for any of that. So there's two things that we need to 
to do really is is how do we cope while we're in it and filming and you know what mechanisms are we putting in place um to support us during that process right. and then where can we find the reflection time afterwards to process it before you know is it when you're in development on another on another project before mm. things get really intense or mm. is it actually taking a break and and what does that look like and how can it be afforded um you know just so you've got you've got the space to kind of to work through that before you before you just turn around and and work on something else because it will catch up it will catch up with you and it does catch up with you and and we did the um d word topic yeah you were aware of that chris that um that we that we hosted back in july the mental health topic with the online community the d word and and um what I was hearing from a lot of people there, it sounded like there were a lot of physical kind of issues arising for people, lots of headaches, lots of back problems, yeah. autoimmune diseases. Yeah. That's a direct cause of, of prolonged stress and anxiety and not being able to process it. Yeah. So, yeah, we need, we certainly need a system of support during the whole process. Okay, so 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 we can kind of dig a little bit deeper into this. Give us some concrete ways or examples that you would say that we can be relieving some of that stress. I, it really depends on the individual. I don't yeah, like to yeah. be too prescriptive because I think everybody has different needs. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of therapy. <laughs> mm, absolutely. I really, I really see its value. It doesn't have to be you know it, it it can be in whatever form you need it to be so talking therapy or somatic therapy which is more body work yeah. or like i mentioned before supervision so just having somebody that you can regularly offload with um and you know i think producers often end up filling that role but i'm not sure they're always the best people because they're not <laughs> impartial so it's finding somebody impartial that can to your project yeah. that can be that person for you um whether that's in a professional capacity or a or a um you know or a personal capacity definitely and then in terms of what the industry can offer you know we've been lobbying or i've i mean i've just been saying it to anybody whenever we do a session or do a panel or a talk is start putting into your budgets a line for emotional support so whether that is you know, um, counselling or additional downtime at the end of your project for your crew to kind of, you know, like a, a paid week where you don't have to work and you can process what whatever you need that to be for your crew or, or a consultant on board mm. that can just check in with you all on a regular basis to just make sure that everything's going okay. You know, there's lots of different, there's lots of different ways that you can set that support up, but it's actually allowing yourself to budget for it in the first place, yeah. which is the biggest challenge, I think. Uh, you know what? I saw that I, I had read that you were you were suggesting this, and I thought, you know, there were two thoughts. One, I don't know a ton of doc filmmakers that have that sort of uh, income or budget to be able to do that. But number two, man, I think it's super, super important and a great idea to find a way to get that into your budget. I know it's something that would greatly benefit me, in particular in some of the areas of the world that that I'm doing work in. And, uh, you know, I mean, I sit here and we often talk about you know what the, the classic sort of fil- doc filmmaker that 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 is somewhat removed from what's happening in front of them in order to get the best shot or to be able to film um, appropriately appropriately a particular 
a particular scene. And so things sort of around them, around us as filmmakers disappear when we're looking, you know, into the camera and we're, and we're framing our shots and we're filming interactions and we're often, it can be filming the vulnerable or people who are suffering. And, and yet we must, as filmmakers, try to remain objective to this and focused on what we're doing behind the camera. And quite frankly, if I had someone like yourself, Rebecca, that I could be speaking to on a somewhat consistent basis during some of these projects or maybe even after, oh man, I think it would, it would benefit me greatly. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's something really important in there, um, Chris. About you know, you're talking about that need for distancing when you're when you're immersed in you know in in that work because you you need to kind of protect yourself so that you can actually focus on it without being without falling apart, basically. Um, but event, but there'll be things that stay with you, and you might not be fully aware of them. So yeah, at a time that is appropriate and right for you yeah. to be able to sit and and talk about those is really important. And that's exactly how I work as a therapist. You know, I kind of I build I build up a list of things to take to my supervisor, and then I'm like, I keep getting irritated in this way or upset <laughs> in this way, and I'm not sure why. And we talk it through, and then you have this sort of eureka moment, and you can kind of then process it and move on, and and it strengthens the relationship with the client wow yeah yeah. so it's really useful as we have discussed here throughout we doc filmmakers typically deal with um, higher levels of anxiety Uh, we're prone to burnout um, job insecurity Uh, but now during these uh, dare, dare I say coronavirus times that we're dealing with it's even that much more elevated Talk a little bit about this, because uh, this is all fresh and new to us, right? This is a this is unprecedented what we're dealing with. Us mm-hmm. help us doc filmmakers through maybe what's what we're experiencing during these times, and maybe even what you are personally. Yeah, yeah, I feel the need to take a a deep breath because I don't. It's really hard to talk on behalf of of everybody else. Um, because this is just so unusual and unexpected. But but one one thing that sort of came to mind to me is that filmmakers, documentary makers are kind of used to working in uncertainty. I guess that's how we always work. And for us, this has now been heightened to quite extreme levels. So we already have a level, a layer of um, stress and anxiety that we're working with. And that's now been pushed and pushed up and amplified. Um, So it's, it's even more important at the moment for us to be able to connect with each other Um to take stock of of how we're feeling and and how this is affecting us Um, and to really start to challenge the industry as well in in ways that we have we want to and we try to and we talk about all the time Mm. but you know lots of things are stopping lots of things are halting and taking a break They they have to we can't we can't keep working and producing at the moment so what can we do is this you know is this the time to be pushing and and challenging and and asking for better conditions so that when we emerge from all of this we emerge healthier and stronger and with more support in place because all of the things that we're feeling right now there there's a new level of fear that we haven't felt before i mean i certainly feel it Mm. if i if i think too hard about it it's a tightening in the chest and you know just sort of like i can't sleep and there's a bewilderment but yeah it's it's um, it's been there. It's it's been there for a long time. Um, 
for for various reasons. It's just there's a there's a new thing now um, to add to it. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I see it, I guess. And people yeah. will agree or disagree. I'm sure. Yeah. It's yeah. different for everybody. One of the things that you said that really spoke to me was this idea that I think doc filmmakers in some ways uh, may be equipped that others may not to handle some of these things, or at least (laughs) we've been experiencing some of these things like isolation, like high anxiety, um, undue pressure. Um, I don't know if that makes us more equipped to handle this, handle this time or not, but it is kind of in a way helpful to to sit back, as you're suggesting, and reflect for a moment and think, actually, um, I've been dealing with some of these things in my own way for a while now, or I've been experiencing some of these things. In a way, that in itself is kind of helpful, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. You know, and I think I think we need to we need to definitely give ourselves permission to just have a little bit of breathing space because one of the things that our bodies and our minds cannot do when we're afraid, yeah. when we're responding to to fear or threat is be creative. You know, and and there's going to be a lot of pressure on us to respond as a community, like create 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 around this. Yeah. Um document it, tell it but it's it's we're so immersed in it at the moment it's so you know it's it's really visceral and it's going to take some time and we need to be gentle and allow ourselves to take that time to like to reconnect and to to re, you know sort of listen to how we're doing emotionally before we can start feeling creative again it's it's well known that, that creativity is stifled when we're when we're feeling challenged like this so indeed indeed it's an important thing to remember what a lovely, important, and timely conversation this has been, Rebecca. I, you know, as we part here, I'm wondering if there is something that through our conversation that you feel like, you know what, Chris, we forgot to mention this, or I really feel like this is important that doc filmmakers know about, uh, or if it's connected to coronavirus uh, during these times. What's something that that um, that you'd like us to know about that I haven't mentioned? Oh, I'm going to think of several things but as soon as we end this end this call, I'm sure. But I think yeah. I think I think I guess in terms of the coronavirus, what's happening at the moment is um, there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of panic and and we just we don't know where this is heading. And I think we just need to sit tight as a community and continue to talk and support each other and mm. I know in the UK things are emerging all the time in terms of the financial support that's available and um, from from within the industry and from the governments and I know it'll be different in every single country but yeah. you know this is changing on such a fast level um, but it's it's a it's a global experience so yeah it's just kind of trying to stay open and curious as to where it's it's going to lead us eventually. Um, and being able to respond to that, but also being really kind to ourselves and just yeah, taking that big, deep breath. Rebecca, how can someone contact you for therapy or consultation services? They can contact me through my website, www.filmandmind.co.uk or Facebook. My email address is just Rebecca at filmandmind.co.uk. So um, yeah, just send, send me an email and, and um, it's just me at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of curious to know if there's any other documentary filmmakers who are also therapists or vice versa out there, because I it feels like, you know, we're, we're very similar people. 
I think what what draws us to make documentaries right. is very similar to what draws someone to be a therapist. Right. So um, curious to know who else is, is um, working in this space. Rebecca, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. It's something that we've needed to have for quite some time. I'm glad it's happening now in the community. Um, and I, and, and, and I, I see it growing from here. There's clearly, clearly a need for this. So thank you, one, for doing what you do. And, of course, thank you so much for coming on to the Documentary Life today. We hope to have you on again at some point in the future. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, if you like our show and you want to transform your documentary filmmaking this year, we'd love to have you join us in one of our workshops. Check out our current roster by going to thedocumentarylife.com slash workshops. See you next time, Doc Lifer.